Let's jump into the message today. This is part two of 21 Days in the Right Direction. And there are times in our journey that we may get off track in our journey with the Lord. Instead of moving in the right direction toward God, we can get distracted. We can be delayed. Sometimes we can even get turned around and headed in the wrong direction. And we stop doing the things that we know we should be doing. And we start doing the things we know we shouldn't be doing. Does anybody understand and know what I'm talking about? In the series, we're looking at how, what it takes to keep running in the right direction so we can finish this race strong for Jesus. The race that he's marked out for us, and we're going to be like Paul and we'll be able to declare, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I mean, you need to go ahead and resolve that in your spirit. I am going to finish this race Jesus has for me. I'm going to finish strong with endurance, and I am, I am going to keep the faith through it all in Jesus' name. Hope you've already made that decision. If not, this is a great time to go ahead and settle that. And we've begun 21 days of prayer and fasting. I have already fasted Brussels sprouts all week long, and uh, we are jump start. going to use this as a jump start in the right direction. So there will be corporate nights of prayer January the 24th through the 27th. Those nights, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m., those nights. I hope you're planning on coming to that. It's going to be great. We're believing for God moments. Let me get to the text, same as last week, Hebrews 12, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... There have been some great people of faith before us. And they're looking at us. How are we going to walk this out? How are we going to handle this? We have been given so much. We have a, a Savior who, his name is Jesus, and he died on the cross for us, and he's interceding for us. We have the Holy Spirit within us. What are we going to do with all that we have? They're watching. And it says, since they are watching, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin that so easily entangles us, here it says, which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus. One translation said, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. You are the glory and the lifter of our heads. Yes, yes, yes. We are yours. We are your children. And Lord, you have great things for us. And even through those storms, you have great things for us. Nothing catches you by surprise. Nothing has the authority to take you off your throne. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your provision and plan today. And I thank you for that peace Church, let's pray it. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message today is Run Your Race. Would you look again at somebody? Just tell them today, run your race. Run your race. Run your race. 
It may surprise you by looking at me, but I'm not a runner. Why are y'all laughing like that? Y'all hurt my feelings. If you see me running on the side of the road, stop and help me out because somebody will be chasing me with a gun. <laughs> I don't understand it. I mean, the people who run, I mean, they look like they are enjoying themselves. And I know they talk about a runner's high. I can experience that the longer I sit in my recliner. And when I have attempted to run in the past, it was more like joggling. You know what joggling is? It's jogging and stumbling at the same time. I call that joggling. And runners, they man, they, they really get into it. How many runners are in the house? You are, you say, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. Nobody in the church is a runner. <laughs> Good, we're safe. Runners get into it. I mean, they, they wear these little shorts with wide legs. Have you seen them? They for openings for their legs. I mean, I, I think if I I think if I was a runner as a man, I would rethink those shorts, you know? And um and they just want to be free. They just want to run without anything that's hindering them. And when they start off running, they don't even want to stop for traffic. Have you ever noticed if you've seen a runner? I mean, nothing gets in their way. And when they come up to a place to cross the road, they're, they're still running. I'm like, take a break, man. That's a good place to catch your breath there. And they'll run in place just to cross the road. and They don't even mind this freezing weather. I mean, they'll be out there running in them skimpy little clothes even during the cold weather. I guess they get some warmth from some friction somewhere. I don't know. But we can learn some things about runners or from runners. And if we're going to run the race that Jesus has planned with us, for us, with endurance, then like runners, we must be focused and free. We must decide we're not going to let things get in our way. And today, we're going to deal with what the writer says in Hebrews. We're going to deal with the weight and the sin. He said, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let's deal with the sin first. I remember as a young Christian, I prayed and asked God to show me how my enemy entangled me, how he trapped me. I mean, I didn't understand because I caught myself giving in to sin that I didn't plan on participating in. Does anybody understand? And I just sort of was led by him, his scheme, and I found myself in the place that I didn't want to be again. And I asked the Lord, show me, Lord, how does he work? And for the next few min minutes, I want to teach us how Satan uses temptation, okay? Now, he didn't give me all of this at that time, but it began then teaching me how the enemy works. This is what the devil does not want you to know about temptation, about his scheme of sin. 
if you can learn from this, I mean, this is a teaching. If you can just learn from this, though, it's going to help you not to be entrapped. The first, if you're taking notes, let me give you the scripture, 2 Corinthians 2, 11, for we are not unaware of Satan's schemes. The Lord wants to give you a heads up. Praise the Lord for that. The Lord wants to equip you. He wants you to know. His spirit will tell you, okay, that's the devil. He's trying to set you up. Me and Patty were experiencing something even this weekend. I said, I know who's behind this. I know what he's up to because I faced this before. I know him. And the, the Lord, now I, don't, I don't believe we go look for a devil behind every bush, but we should just be aware, right, of his schemes. So let me give them to you, Satan's scheme for sin. If you're taking notes, look at the first one. This is how he brings temptation to you. The first thing that he does that he tries to get you to do is consideration. Consideration, a thought. Every temptation begins with a thought. It's the thing that, it's a thought that pleases your senses, your desires. It's something that you desire. It's pleasing to you. It's a thought. And before we sin, we must first consider it. Don't believe that lie is I did it without even thinking. No, no, you did think. It just seemed so good and natural to you. You didn't know you was thinking about it, huh? Consideration, a thought. And then the second thing that he does, the second stage, if you will, is contemplation. Consideration, then it's contemplation. That's when you think about it a little bit longer. Think it through. This is where we begin to make plans to sin. Be careful, though, with, with even contemplation. That can be sin itself. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that anyone who looks at a woman, let me get that verse if you could, anybody that looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So even in contemplation, you can be caught up in sin. Contemplation is where you give it some thought. You start thinking it through. Taking a little time to ponder it. What if? Then that leads us straight into the third stage, and that's justification. Now, this is not the spiritual justification where it's just as if I had never sinned. This is the justification saying I deserve to sin. This is the, the secular definition is to prove it to be right. We tell ourselves reasons why it would be okay for us to do it. And the devil helps us with that, don't he? I deserve, what about this one? I deserve to have a little fun. What about this one? It ain't hurting anybody else anyway. And here's a good one. If this is the worst thing I do, I guess I'm not too bad. This is where we just begin to justify. We give ourselves permission to do the thing we know we shouldn't do. Justification. And then participation. This is where we give in and we sin. And we need to understand when we participate in sin, we need to get a visual of that, okay? Not of the, of the sin itself, but what's behind the scenes of that. We are participating in the plan of the devil. 
It's like we are shaking hands with the devil. It's what he planned. That's not his end game. His end game, sure, people will get hurt when we sin. And sure, every time we sin, it produces death begins to start because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin has a consequence. I'm thankful for forgiveness, but there's still some form of consequence. As the old Pentecostal preacher said, sin will take you further than you want to go, will keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Isn't that true? This is not where Satan is satisfied in. He wants to get you here, but this is the final stage, and this is what he really wants. Number five, condemnation. Disapproval. Now, God does disapprove of our sin, but God does not work in condemnation. He works in conviction. Condemnation is different than conviction. God convicts us to bring us back to him in a relationship with him. Condemnation doesn't have hope. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. When we sin, we feel bad about it. That's called conviction. Thank your Lord above for that. I played with God so much at one time in my life, I no longer felt conviction. I was okay with it. And it took the Lord to tell me, you haven't even felt conviction. Conviction is God's love to pour you to him. Condemnation doesn't give you that hope. For godly Sorrow brings repentance, whereas God worldly grief produces death. This is what Satan wants. He wants to use condemnation to keep you from God. He knows if you go to God, you'll get forgiven. So if he can talk you in to not going to God at all, he has got you. And I have talked to people before. Brother, I've done too much, but God still loves you, man. He'll forgive you. No, it's a little bit too much for me, too gone for me. And they walk without the hope of ever being right with God again. And my friend, that is a one-way ticket to hell. If God is going to forgive you, why would you not take him up on it? But yes, this is what Satan wants. This is his modus operandi, if you will, the way he works. But there is some good news today. The gospel is always good news. We can win against sin because of God's grace. And let me give you two ways that you can win. I know this is a teaching today, so try to stay awake. You'll need it, though. We all need it. Two ways to win against sin. The first one is this. If you could just do this, please, please, young people, do this. Every one of us, do this. Count the cost. Count the cost. This is the way you can catch sin before it ever begins. In that, excuse me, first stage of consideration, while you're considering the sin, take it a step further and consider what the sin is going to cost you. Is it going to be worth it? for you. What does it look like afterward? 
after the sin, what does, what does it look like on the other side, if you will? The consequences. If we just would stop and think about the consequences beforehand, it will not look as good. Let me give you just an example. A lustful thought not dealt with turns into a little flirting. That turns into secret conversations. That can turn into an affair. Well, what's the consequence? Let me go ahead and give you that beforehand. If you're t considering flirting today, here's your consequence. There's got to be a cover-up. The truth will come out. There's a separation, a divorce. If there's kids, there's a custody battle. Kids, you get them every other weekend, and there is some hurt that lasts for a while. Oh, what would happen if we just thought through? That's just one example. What would happen if we just thought through at the consideration stage? If we would, when we're considered, considering the temptation, if we would just consider what does it look like on the other side of that? I can promise you it will help you and you won't think that looks that great at all. And you'll say, devil, is that what you're trying to offer me? Ha, I dare you. What I have with the Lord and his blessings is so much greater than that. You got to consider it. The Bible says this. Look at this. You can be sure of. Here you go. Be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure. My sweet, precious wife, the touch of the Lord has always been on her life. And one of the ways I know that, of course, I know her living in her parents, but she got busted even just trying to do something wrong. I mean, she couldn't get away with nothing. One time, she lied to her parents. Can I share this? I didn't approve this story. She was going to go out with some friends that she shouldn't be going out with, some, you know, doing some stuff she shouldn't have been doing, doing. And her mama heard from the Lord, I guess, and busted her before she even got home good. And that's, my friend, that's the touch of God, trying to keep her on track. I, on the other hand, I had some degrees in deceptivity. <laughs> but my mama knew. My mama knew, but I had a dad on my side that said, it's okay, let him do a little of that. And man, I got away with some stuff, but the Lord came after me. I'm so thankful. Aren't you glad that the Lord comes after you? So count the cost. The second way to win against sin is this, find the way out. What do you mean, Pastor? Oh, when you're tempted, the Bible says that God will give you a way out. Let me show you in Scripture. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to me, and we're all tempted, right? But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with every temptation, with a temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you will be able to endure it. Have you ever wanted to say something? No, you wouldn't, shouldn't be saying it anyway, and you hear this thought? Don't say that. 
That's your way out. And if you're not careful, you will say, I know I ain't supposed to be saying this, but you didn't take your way out. With every temptation, you have the Holy Spirit within you to give you a way out. Aren't you so glad you got a way out? You don't have to. You don't have to give in to that. Now that way out is hard. And because that sin, that temptation looks so good to you. And counting the cost should be enough, but there, you got to think about the way. There's a way out. You don't have to do it. And during those times, we pray, Lord, pray, Lord, help me to see this. Help me, help me not to give in to this. So you pray, obey, and and run away. You ready? Pray, obey, and run away. Tell somebody else, pray, obey, and run away. Lord God, help me, help me not to give in to this. Oh, okay, I, I should, I should not say that. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm supposed to be walking away from them. Hey, I want to tell you one more thing. I, no, I ain't got time. Got to walk away. Hmm. Uh, it's very simple. Pastor, you mean this, is, this will work? Yes, it will work. I have proven it. The Holy Spirit will help you. This is something you need. Okay, so we talked about sin. We're going to have victory. We're going to have victory over sin. But let's look at the weight. He said, lay aside the weight. So what is he talking about when it comes to the weight? The weight, it could be sin. Maybe it's not. But one thing we know, it will hinder you on your race and a lot of times put you in a place to sin. It will set you up for sin. So here he's saying, lay aside the weight. What is the weight. What is this, the spiritual weight that can get in your way and hinder you? Well, I thought of three, and there are probably others, but let me help us with these three because I see Christians all the time struggling in these areas with these three. So are you ready? Three weights that will wreck you. I've seen them. I've seen them wreck people who were running a good race, doing good, and man, before you know it, these things hinder them and put them up in a place. And, and if I stop to think about it, most likely it always ends up in a sin. The first one is this. We talked about it a little bit already, but it is a weight. It is condemnation. Condemnation. God does not work in condemnation. If, if we were truthful with ourselves today, I would guess that probably 25 people, 25% of the people sitting in pews today, right now, sitting in church, fall prey to condemnation. And you don't even see that's a problem. But I'm telling you, God wants you to be free from that. Satan is using that to keep you from being all that you can be in God. Satan wants you to say goodbye to your past failures. Bye-bye in the name of Jesus. He wants you to be free from that. Those things, yeah, you missed God. Yeah, you disappointed God. Yeah, you didn't do what you should have done. Guess what? We all have. God does not use condemnation. Satan does it. Condemnation says run away from God. Conviction says run to God. 
Condemnation says you've done too much. Conviction says God has done too much for you, and he loves you too much for, for him not to forgive you. Man, aren't you thankful for that? Condemnation is that tool of the enemy, and he uses it on many Christians who have been church, sitting in church for a long time. He understands that God will forgive and set free if they go to God. So he wants to keep them from doing that. Romans 8, let me read this verse to you. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? That's those who have received salvation. It is God who justifies. Now, that's the correct use of the word. He makes it as if you, just as if you had never sinned. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ. He would have the right to be condemning us, right? When he told the lady that everybody else wanted to stone because she was caught in adultery, Jesus said, where are your accusers? Because he said, the first one cast the stone. You without sin, excuse me, cast the stone. You understand that Jesus could have cast the stone. Everybody else sinned. Jesus was without sin. But Jesus said, lady, I don't condemn you either. So Jesus could condemn us. He said, who is to condemn us? Jesus Christ? He is the one who died more than that who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us? Isn't that wonderful that in our mistakes, in our failures, in our sin, that Jesus is not casting us away? Jesus is not condemning us. He is interceding for us. Give him one more chance, Lord. I know, he, I know that boy's messed up. I, I couldn't imagine some of the prayers he prayed for me. Yeah, I know he looked a little messed up right now, Lord. But if you give him some time, he's going to come around. And when he comes around, he's going to be powerful for us. So, Lord, don't give up on him yet. Can you sense that, that the Lord intercedes for you like that? Condemnation. We're not going to give in to condemnation. We're going to thank the Lord for conviction and respond and repent and get free. So lay aside the weight of condemnation and run your race. Would you say that with me? Run your race. Let me give you another weight. Woo, this is a big one. Unforgiven offenses. Unforgiven offenses. Not forgiving those who have offended or hurt you. It's a weight that will lead you to sin. As a matter of fact, it's a weight that will cause all of your past sins to be brought back on you. Man, that's a heavy cost, ain't it? That's a big price. Talking about thinking through that. That's a big cost to that. Well, you don't understand what they did to me. Yeah, but you don't understand what I've done to God. What you've done to God. And we have received forgiveness, so we should be able to extend forgiveness, shouldn't we? Now, being forgiving somebody don't mean you're a fool, though, right? You don't have to put yourself in, back in the same situation in certain areas. God will lead you on that. But you got to forgive. You got to love. It's okay to be wise, but you got to love and forgive. 
And Jesus said to himself, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is one thing that will stop God's salvation for you. There's no other way to read it. So we must forgive. I know we got to have Jesus to help us with that because you don't understand what they did to me. No, 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 I know. But Jesus will help you if you ask him to. you got to do this in faith. It's going to take faith for you to walk in that kind of grace, amen? But he will, and you got to. We must forgive others. Lay aside the weight of unforgiveness and I'm so glad there are two people hanging with me, man. I'm so glad. Man, it's folks, uh, two people. Woo! Lay aside unforgiveness and thank you. Curtis is still on time. Come on, let's get on top. And amen. Let me give you the third weight, the third one. You ready? Oh, this is another biggie. May catch some by surprise, but it's self-centeredness. Don't look at nobody right now, please. This is to be preoccupied with one's self. Mm. This can look like selfishness. This can look like egotism, pride, but more times in the church, this is what I see. This is a victim mentality. Needing constant attention and concessions due to your situation that you are in, that you are, or you have experienced. If you know, if you want to know, Pastor, am I suffering from this? Am I falling weight? How many times do you say, I? I, 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 I. Instead of he, he, he. Mm, it's gotten so quiet in this room. And I understand. We go through things. But if you're not careful, you can get yourself so focused on yourself that you're no longer focusing on Jesus as your answer. And anytime we're more focused on ourselves than Jesus, we're not able to run our race with the right focus and freedom. Matthew 16 says this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Man, if we're not careful, we could take up that cross, but we can make sure everybody sees it. Yeah, I'm having to do this, see? And I have, I have this, and I, I, but whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let's lay aside that weight of self-centeredness. I, 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 and let's. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. 
Let me close with this verse, and I'll give you a couple other little quick blanks, but let me close with this verse. Would you stand with me? I love what this verse says, Acts 20, 24. However, this is Paul's attitude. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My life is hidden. He goes, you know, other places, I'm hidden in Christ Jesus. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Paul laid down his life. I am nothing. Don't even consider me. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Look at what he says then. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Got good news for us all today. You've been hurt. You've been hindered. There is grace for you to run your race. There is grace. There is grace for you to run your race. Two, the last thing, the good news about grace is this. There's two definitions to grace. It is unmerited favor. That means God does not give us what we deserve. Aren't you so glad God does not give you what you deserve? Favor. His favor. That's grace. He offered us salvation. And then the last one is this. It's divine enablement. In other words, God doesn't, his grace doesn't deliver you from sin. It keeps you from it. He doesn't help you to lay aside the weight. He keeps you from picking it up again. You have his help. Now, I know I ask you to stand up. I forgot I have a video to show you, and it's about three minutes. Would you sit back down? Sorry. You have grace to sit back down. Thank the Lord. Because this is so powerful. I do want us to watch this um, because when I, it's an oldie but a goodie and you have, there's some here today, you have really been hurt. You've been hurt by others, maybe yourself. You've self-inflicted your wounds, self-inflicted wounds. Some you have put in a place of sin. You've, You've sinned. You didn't have good examples. We can come up with reasons, but I'm telling you, it's God's grace. No matter what your justification is, there's God's grace for you. He wants to wants you to come to him, and he wants to help you to have victory, to run your race, to be all that he wants you to be. So this video I thought about, I said it's an old one, but it's so good. It teaches you, it's a, it's a great expression rather of what God's grace does for you, what he's willing to do for you. So check this video out. Tom Hammond and Craig Massback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona coming up to the men's 400-meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. 
and inside of Lewis Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redmond of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redmond is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. A bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. throughout Olympic Stadium as Redmond with assistance this time approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. Would you stand, please? I love that as his dad comes out and helps him. And other people were coming to try to get his dad away from him. His dad was like, leave my son alone. You have a father God that has done all that he can. Yeah, you may be running with a little limp because of situations and circumstances. Maybe you're not finishing as fast as others, but you're still in the race. And you have a Father God that loves you so much that he's coming to help you. Yeah. You'll finish this race with assistance. Would you bow your head? And that's what he wants. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You say, Pastor, I have weight and I have sin. I need to lay aside. I'm going to ask you today just to step out and come up front. I want to pray for you. I believe God is here to give you assistance today. Come on, no hesitation. You don't have to be fearful you don't have to be afraid you don't have to be ashamed you got weight and you got sin you need to lay aside i want you to step out asking the lord to give you some assistance today to help you people are coming thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus you want to help us you want to help us we'll give it just a few more minutes i need the lord's help i need the lord's help i want to lay aside this weight I want to lay aside sin. I don't want to be trapped up in it. I don't want it to be clinging so close to me. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you. Let's first take care of the sin. We'll all pray it together. We probably 
Many of us need to pray this prayer anyway. It's a commitment prayer. Those that are watching online, you can pray it right where you are. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads bowed just for a moment. Father, those that have responded, they're here. They need help. You forgave them when they asked. Then you are willing to do that. Thank you for your grace. And I'm asking you to have, give them grace not to be trapped up in that anymore. Father, help them to understand. Help them to see that way out. Help them to obey. Father, I know you're willing to do that. This is what you want. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to ask for some people that know how to pray. If the ladies would come with ladies, and I, I need about three guys to come and help me pray. I want you to be symbolic of what we just saw in that video. You're going to be their assistants. Would you come and help me? You're going to be their assistants. You're going to represent the Lord on their behalf, on God's behalf. And I just want you to come and put an arm around them. Would you do that? I need a couple of guys right over here. I need a couple of more ladies right here. Come on, help me out, folks. Would you do that? You know how to pray. Come on. Thank you. You're going to be their assistants. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Make sure everybody's got somebody. Ah, thank you, Lord. We're going to lay aside the weight. No more, no more, no more. No more, no more, no more. In the name of Jesus, no more, no more condemnation. In the name of Jesus, that no longer works. In the name of Jesus, we're going to forgive with your help, Lord. We're going to forgive that. The enemy won't use that against us anymore. We're going to forgive our enemies. We're going to forgive those that hurt us. Lord, we're not going to be just so centered on ourselves. We're going to be centered on you. You'll take care of us if we do. You'll take care of us. Lord Jesus, I thank you that they're free from the weight. I'm thanking you today that they are free from the weight. The weight, the weight that weighs them down. They're going to run. You're helping them. They're going to run, Lord God. They're going to run with perseverance. They're going to be all that you want. We're going to be all that you want us to be. Lord God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's some great runners up here, y'all. There's some great runners. They've been running for a long time this race, and they'll keep on running. I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask the Lord to help you to run with endurance. Father, in the name of Jesus, every one of us, help us to run with endurance. Don't let us get trapped up. Lord God, don't let us fall away. We've come too far with you to turn back now. And I pray strength. I pray peace. I pray endurance in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for that. It's by your grace. It's by your power. We believe and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Church, come on. Let's raise up a big shout to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget today to sign up if you're a, a mover and you want to lead a move group. Look into that. We'll sign up and there'll be the training that we can give you more information on. Thank you for being here today. 
And let me send you out with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up its countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you, Move Church.